Welcome to another episode of the Total BS Podcast. I'm Saul Bookman, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, and the and he's also on Cloud Nine today, Mister Justin Spears. One it's more, baby. One more. Yeah. I know you don't like to hear it, Saul. I know you don't like to hear it, but you also love to see it, my friend. No, Lakers. I, one I don't more love win. To see it. Not one even a little bit. More. Let's go, oh, baby. Gosh. Let's get I, right into it. I just cannot stand this guy. These fans just might turn into all fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us, yo. Your fans just might turn into all fans. Be cool, it's just part of the program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. Obviously, you're biased, but I mean, realistically, do the Heat even stand a chance in game five? Now, I didn't think they stood a chance to begin with the the way they were getting handled in the first two games. And then they won game three. And I was like, oh, Jimmy Butler kind of showed up. (sighs) Is it over on Friday? It's over. It's it's over. over. It's all over, man. And, you know, the fact that the Lakers came out and said, earlier today that they will wear the black Mamba jerseys for game five, a Jersey, a uniform combination that they're undefeated in inside the bubble. They're kind of letting everyone know, Hey, this is it. We're wearing the black Mamba jerseys. We're winning the NBA championship with the black Mamba jerseys. Like it's all going down on, on Friday. And, and and outside of the, the Mamba jerseys, of course, LeBron didn't play that great of a game. This, in, in game I don't, four, want, to, game I don't four. want to hear about all that mess. Jimmy Butler didn't play at all. It felt like it. It felt like he just went from from totally offensively aggressive to very very passive in in game four for whatever reason. Like he wasn't even trying to force shots. He wasn't even looking for his shot. And when his when his teammates weren't really getting open enough to get their own shot off, I was like Jimmy Butler, hello. This yeah. is what you play for. What are you doing? I felt like it almost was to a point where I thought, is this dude trying to prove that he doesn't have to score for his team to win? Well, well, Bam Adebayo came back from his injury, and that's a big addition to the Miami Heat. And then plus, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson have been so impactful during the bubble. Like all season long, Tyler Hero was really just kind of a rotational player, wasn't really impactful, but now the the points that he's giving these guys um i mean he's playing on a whole another level and duncan robinson i agree with what jeff van gundy said uh during the broadcast i think you know duncan robinson if you just look at the bubble sample size he's probably the most improved player in the nba and you know the the heat they're they're a good team they are but i also look at how the lakers responded i didn't like how LeBron played in that first half. He just, it didn't seem aggressive at all. And then all of a sudden, Lakers start becoming aggressive in the fourth quarter. Saw literally every single shot at the rim in the fourth quarter, the Lakers made it. Every single shot went in. Oh, I know. I and, know. The, and, there's, and there's a huge size advantage between the Lakers and the Heat. It's like all you got to do is just attack the rim and, and you're going to be okay. But I agree. I didn't, I didn't like the, the way Jimmy Butler played yesterday. Um, he didn't have like the Jimmy Butler game, the 
the game before where he just completely took over and he didn't even look like he was he was like he wanted to be aggressive that's the thing that i that people love about jimmy butler is that you know he's going to talk trash to you and he's going to take you he's going to take you all over the place you know what i mean and like it doesn't matter if it's anthony davis or lebron like they were trying to make a big deal about lebron being the one that wanted to match up on on jimmy and i'm just like what happened game before like whatever it, it, you know and anthony davis has tried to guard um, you know, he's tried to guard Butler before and, you know, he still was able to get buckets. It's just this time around, for whatever reason, Jimmy Butler just vanished. And it was just like, you know, it's like that one gif where that dude's like, he throws up the deuces and he just disappears. disappears. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly <laughs> what Jim, Jimmy Butler did. And, and, and even to, to your point, like, you know, everything was at the rim for the Lakers, which, oh my gosh, I still, to this day, I, I can't believe every time LeBron even tries to dribble that that they just don't shut that down like lebron gets his mojo going at the rim like do we not know this after 15 freaking years like that's how this dude gets his his steam going like he goes to the rim and he goes hard and he usually gets buckets and they didn't close it off at all last night and i remember (laughs) a very pivotal point last night where he split that double team took it to the rack got fouled and hit that and one right when the heat like tied the game up and all I could think of was like, yeah, there's no chance this team is winning. There's no way the Heat are winning. If they can't stop that, yeah. it ain't happen. Because Duncan Robinson overplayed uh, the the pick and roll, and and that was curtains. That was it. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my gosh. And then Anthony Davis, who, again, went completely dark for like a good two and a half quarters. And then all of a sudden he gets a bucket. And it was that, it was that first baseline fadeaway jumper in the corner uh, opposite the camera that that kind of started to get him going. He hit that, got a couple easy buckets, got a couple easy dunks, and then all of a sudden, like, he's hitting shots from all over the place, and it was that. that's when you know it's a wrap. If Anthony Davis is playing the way Anthony Davis can, it's over. The Heat have no chance. Yeah. But he didn't for a large portion of that game, and the Heat still weren't able to pull away. And I just – I keep pointing it back to Jimmy Butler not being able to – imagine if the, the Heat – would have jumped out to a double-digit lead early in that game, okay? All of a sudden, things start to get a little tighter. All of a sudden, that 2-1 lead that you thought was pretty nice and comfortable, yeah, we had a bad game or whatever, it starts to be like, oh, oh, shit. You know what I mean? This is real. Yeah, and and we got to play a lot harder. You start tightening up. You start making bad decisions, and all of a sudden, it's a completely different ballgame. But the Heat didn't do that. Yeah. But the the thing about last night's game that I – really just loved was the rise of Contavious Caldwell Pope. And I think that was the difference maker in last night's game. Uh, You know, LeBron played very, he just wasn't there in the first half. Um, You know, somebody uh, said on Twitter, I believe it was my guy, Jason Timp, who's a Tucson guy who's uh, in basketball media. Now he said, this was one of the worst halves that LeBron has played since probably 2011. And, and I agree. The first half, LeBron was just completely gone. And Anthony Davis, a guy, like you said, Saul, was gone for, like you said, two and a half quarters. But he did such a good job defensively that I think you can kind of sit there and say, well, it, it cancels it out. AD took care of business on the defensive end. There's, there's no doubt about it. But they also need Anthony Davis to be Anthony Davis. But Contavious Caldwell-Pope, us Laker fans – have given this guy shit all year long. 
Like he he's that guy on your team that every single time he touches the ball, you kind of sit there and, and clench a little bit because you're worried about what he's going to do. And I, I never forget Rob Palinka's introductory press conference with KCP. And he was saying that Catavius Caldwell Pope was this, this gift sent down from the gods. And that Catavius Caldwell Pope was this valuable piece that was sent to us from the heavens. And I scratched my head. I'm like, really? This is Catavius Caldwell Pope. This isn't LeBron James. This isn't Anthony Davis. But last night, he, is, he put himself in Lakers lore forever. With that game, if Catavius Caldwell Pope doesn't perform the way he did last night and has the typical KCP game that we all like to joke about, Lakers don't win that game. And now we're looking at, at a 2-2 series, and this is completely wide open. Did, but Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you know, but I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, because I, I, I don't want karma to come back and bite me in the ass, that, oh, it, it's all over, blah, blah, blah. Because we've seen crazy shit happen in basketball. If the 73 and 9 Warriors can blow a 3 1 lead to a team like the Cavaliers, granted, they did have Kyrie Irving and also LeBron James, the greatest basketball player on the planet, but crazy shit happens in the NBA. So I'm not going to sit here and pound my chest and say that it's for sure a lock, but man, it's just so hard to imagine the Lakers not winning on Friday. And it is. It, I, and I'll go back to this. The reason why there's so many people that hate the Lakers, and I'm me being one of them, okay? And I'm not necessarily hating on the organization for being able to do this because if you can do it, do it. Like, and that clearly pays off. Cool. The reason why a lot of people hate <laughs> the Lakers is because it's because they don't really they don't really earn it in in a lot of people's estimation. Everything is True. Via free agency, right? Even in the Kobe era, you know, you had Shaq, who came from Orlando in the first place, right? As a free agent. Uh, in the Kobe era, you had to get Pau Gasol. He wasn't drafted by the by the Lakers. Everybody that was the core was essentially not a Lakers drafted player. Look at this roster. You go up and down the roster right now. You have Kyle Kuzma and Alex Caruso. That is it. Those players are the players that were two. actually drafted by the Lakers. Yeah, those are the only two guys. You go Avery Bradley, Don, uh, 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 I'm sorry, Quinn Cook, uh, KCP, Anthony Davis, LeBron, Jared Dudley, Danny Green. Like, none of these freaking guys came from the Lakers. But, again, I'm not going to hate on the fact that the Lakers are able to do this and the rest of the league can't for whatever reason because apparently even in the down throws of, of, of their – you know, their, um, their years, the last couple, you know, the last couple years, they still have star power because it's LA and, you know, all this, you know, the, the glitz and the glamor of playing for the Lakers in LA and stuff like that. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I hate LA. I hate LA. <laughs> I hate, hate, hate LA. I hate going to LA. I hate driving in LA. I hate the smog in LA. I hate the way I feel in LA. I hate everything about Los Angeles. Fuck Los Angeles. I hate them so much. Period. Point blank. I'm going I'm to make a quote graphic out of that. Fuck LA. Because I hate Los Angeles. I hate the Rams. I hate the Chargers. I hate the freaking Lakers. I hate the Clippers. I hate because the Chargers are in LA. So F them too. Like, I, like everything that LA represents is just like this total entitlement. Like 
fan base. It's like everything you guys touch should be gold and everything you deserve everything in the world. And I'm like, I've never met a more spoiled fan base in my life. That's why I revel every single time. Like, you know what? The Astros and the Dodgers, right? Everybody's like, oh, the cheaters, the cheaters. I'm over here sitting in the back like, yeah, but they beat the Dodgers. I don't care. Like, I don't care. I don't care. I hate L.A. so damn much. Why? I mean, okay, for, okay, you know, okay. Like, like, let's take a guy like you. Okay, take a guy like you. I love you, Justin. I really do. You know, you're my brother from another mother, man. But you were born in California, and but you've spent most of your life in Arizona. And your your pops was a Lakers fan, so you became a Lakers fan. I understand that. I completely understand that. But my pops was a Cowboys fan. Fuck the Cowboys. Like, hell no. I don't give a damn what my pops likes. You know what I mean? Like, I I grew up around the Valley. And so, like, I'm going to root for the Suns, and I'm going to root for those teams. Like, I just – I can't vibe with those. I can't vibe with the Lakers. And I, I never vibed with the teams that felt like they were always – they always had the easy way in. You know what I mean? Like, I've never vibed with those teams. You know what I mean? And also, let's just be on the record right now. As we speak right now, I'm looking right at the camera. The Lakers are about to win championship number 12. I don't count those other five from Minnesota, man. Cancel that. Because if the Celtics someday were like, oh, we're going to jump ship and go to another city, and they, and they took their 17 titles to Phoenix, do you think we would all be like, yeah, we got 17 championships? No, we got yeah. zero championships. Absolutely. A bunch of front runners. Yes, you would. No, Absolutely we wouldn't. You would. No, we wouldn't. But it's hypothetical. It's you know damn well if no. if if no <laughs> no 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 i still can't you think, get over do you think do you think the 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 cleveland browns fans feel like they have two championships from the ravens right now no but they they went by they were still the lakers when they were in minneapolis i don't care i don't care ah, i don't know i don't know I don't know about that, man. It's it's seventeen rings, but Twelve. I will I will say this. <laughs> you know, you you bring up Boston's seventeen. Mm-hmm. They've had one since eighty six. Yep. So who's the superior franchise in the NBA? Like when you I, think about the 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 best of the best, because I'm glad we're having this conversation, Saul, because this also irritates me as well. Because Celtics fans like to hang this over Lakers fans with total number of championships, but they've only had one since '86. Sure. And 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 when I think about, okay, it, we're, we're you want to grade championships? Okay, well the Lakers have one less championship, but they have done it over a span where it stretches across decades. Like the only decade the Lakers haven't really won a championship is the '90s, and we all know why because. Your boy Michael Jordan was running things then, but uh, and because they couldn't get him via free agency. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, come on now. But sixties, seventies, eighties, two thousands. Not the sixties, bud. Or seventies. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. So I'm looking at my banner right yeah, now. Look at your banner, you freak. Go ahead. Forty nine, fifty, fifty two, fifty three, fifty four. So you don't count those. No. Nope. All right. 72 70s see 80s. how there's a big ass gap right there what? what happened in the 60s what's that oh the what celtics in the 60s yeah the celtics bill russell yeah 
11 championships out of 13 years, won eight straight, and even beat your boy, Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, but they were playing against off-duty steel workers. Dude, they beat the Lakers who had Jerry West, the logo, <laughs> and Wilt Chamberlain <laughs> and Gail Goodrich. Like, no, don't give me that. <laughs> All right, so 72 80, 82, 85, 87, 88, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2009, 10. And now going to be 20. That sure. So many decades stretched across with the Lakers nope. winning a championship. So I don't want to hear from Boston fans. I'm getting so sick and tired of the, oh, well, 17, 17. We, they got, we got one more. No. You, you, out, have to, you actually have to be relevant in the last 30 years outside of the Big Three era in order to have that title. Outside of... The Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen trio. Okay. Outside of that, everything else has been essentially homegrown. For the Celtics? Yes. Yes. The Bird oh. era, Mikhail, Parrish, all drafted by the all drafted by the by the Celtics. And then you go back to the obviously the earlier days, and they there was no such thing really as free agency um to that degree. Well, Magic um, and Worthy were drafted by the Lakers. The yeah, only Magic one who wasn't was Kareem. I know, but Kareem was a huge part. <laughs> you don't have Kareem, you don't have all those championships in the 80s. True. <laughs> I mean, Kareem, like, I don't think people give Kareem, obviously, the credit that he deserves. Kareem has the single most unstoppable move in basketball history. There's just, you couldn't stop the sky hook. There's just no stopping it. If he was on, you were toast, and you couldn't do shit about it. It was almost like the dream shake. When yeah. Hakeem was like when he was when he was rolling, there was nothing you could do about it because yeah. he was just ridiculously good. Uh, Kareem Skyhook was the same thing. Like much respect to Kareem, the most underrated and undervalued Laker of all time. Like mm -hmm. everybody wants to put Shaq, everybody wants to put Kobe and Magic up there. Kareem, Kareem is the one that held it down a lot of those times, especially against the Celtics when the Celtics. Like they had the the force down low, and the only thing that could neutralize Parrish and Mikhail down low was Kareem. Yeah. Well, also Kareem too had. If you look at the entire sample size of his career, would you say he's probably the best or the most decorated basketball player of all time? I wouldn't say decorated is the right term, but you know, no offense to to LeBron, but he didn't go to college. You know, he went straight from high school to the NBA. Michael Jordan, while he was a national champion, hit that incredible shot against Georgetown in the national championship. He didn't have the college career that Kareem had. Kareem was so good, formerly Lou Alcindor, that they created a rule so that he couldn't dunk the basketball. Well, you are so good that they create a rule to make the game fair. You are unbelievable. So from UCLA to uh, his time with the Bucks in Los Angeles, yeah, I agree, Saul. I think Kareem is probably the most underrated basketball player we have ever seen, which is so astonishing to say considering he's got the most points out of any basketball player of all time. Because that's guy hook, baby. I it, mean, it, it's it. crazy. It's but, ridiculous. But I, going back to your whole entitlement thing, Saul. Yeah, yeah. please I'm talk a, to me about this. Lakers, you're right. You're right. We act entitled because while the last decade or so has been – atrocious there are plenty of other franchises who have it worse 
than the LA Lakers. Like the Suns. Like like like, like the, the Suns. Suns. Like, like we'll go Suns. back to we'll go back to your Kareem example, right? Or my Kareem example. I think I was the one that used it. But yeah, uh, a coin flip, a coin flip, a stupid ass coin flip gives Lou Alcindor to the freaking Milwaukee Bucks as opposed to the Phoenix Suns. And that's like the start of his legacy. He wins a championship in Milwaukee, goes another couple of years, and he moves on to L.A. And then the Lakers, of all teams, get Kareem, and then their dynasty takes off again. Like It's like the big man never escapes the Lakers. George Mikan, freaking Kareem, Shaq. Now you have AD. Like, get the hell out of here. Right, we draft a big man. We we hope that they're going to be okay. We hope they're going to be good, even when it's like a surefire. Oh yeah, slam dunk can't miss. Something happens and they get hurt or they, you know, some get suspended. They get suspended. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, the luck of some franchises is just ridiculous. Um, I, I just that's the thing. Like even before LeBron got to LA, and Justin, you know this, his last season in Cleveland. He's wrapping up another finals appearance, right? And everybody's like, and Lakers fans everywhere, you included, oh, we're getting LeBron. We're getting LeBron. Like that sense of entitlement that you deserve LeBron at this point. Like, no, you don't <laughs> deserve, deserve shit. <laughs> oh, get out of here. Everybody's like, we, we deserve him. LeBron. We should get LeBron. We, we, we're going to get LeBron, blah, blah, blah. Like this sense of entitlement. That's what annoys me so much about Lakers fans. Same thing with Cowboys fans. They always think that they, they're the next great thing, and they haven't won shit since 96. Like they barely won a couple playoff games in the last two decades. Like shut up and get off my timeline, you losers. But, that, but that's it, Saul, and I'm, I want to bring this up because you sent out a tweet yesterday. I did. I did. That who is the most sensitive fan base? Lakers fans, Yankees fans, or Cowboys fans? Sensitive? I don't really have an answer in that because I can also see Lakers fans getting sensitive, me included. Anytime you dis- disrespect us, I feel like you're disrespecting me, and I have a problem with it, and I'm going to say something about it. But delusional is is the Cowboys. Cowboy fans, and, and it's not even close, and, I, and I'll tell you this. Saul, so over the last decade... I was willing to admit every single year, oh, yeah, we suck. Lakers are so terrible. Like, they suck so bad. Cowboy fans have this thought that they're going to win the Super Bowl literally every single season. And if they have a good start, it's like, oh, man, look out. The Dallas Cowboys are are coming for you. You better watch out for the Cowboys. And, And there's just this thought that they're always going to win the Super Bowl. And I don't understand. At least for me as a Lakers fan, I'm willing to let you know that, yeah, if um, if our starting backcourt is, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the guy from, from North Carolina who was drafted by the Suns a long time ago. Um, and then Xavier Henry from Kansas. Ryan Kelly is the power forward. Um Robert Sacre is the starting center. Like you look at those lineups and say, okay, yeah, this is. Are you be talking a- about Marshall? You're talking about Marshall? Yeah, Kendall Marshall. Yes, yeah. like the fact that there was a lineup with Kendall Marshall, Xavier Henry, Ryan Kelly, um, like Antoine Jameson, like Robert Sacre. Like it was just such a terrible lineup. You sit there and say, yeah, they're bad. This is a terrible lineup. Kobe's done for the year. Um. Let's let's just move on. Even with the healthy Kobe, they were still terrible. But even with with that being said, 
you're still the Lakers. You still have the star power. You still have that that allure to free agents to always be at least in the discussion with free agents. Well, for Whereas, a little while there, that wasn't the case. Like, well, it, it you, was. It just you know when you saw that lineup, you're like, oh yeah, we got. But Kuzma kind of changed that a little bit because Kuzma showed up and okay, now if you're LeBron, you can see okay, we have a couple pieces to work with. I think I can make this work. And he joins the Lakers, and then of course he tears his trades everybody. He's done. Yeah, but like. <laughs> Kuzma was like that that key piece, and then you had Ingram and and Ball and all this stuff. So like, okay, you bring in LeBron, and then obviously you trade all those guys away anyway, and and just because you're trying to get after Anthony Davis, and that's the whole thing. That's the other thing that bothers me so much. Okay, is that LeBron to me why he will never be the goat ever, ever is because. He continuously has to jump ship and he has to find other star players to play with him. He just does. He just does. He's never won a championship without another star player. He's never, he's, and, and I wouldn't even say just a star player. It has to be like at least two other star players. This would be the first one where it was just a star player because there ain't nobody else on that team that's worth a damn. They're paying $14 million to Danny Green, and that dude's a bum, and he was getting dragged on social media last night because he can't throw a rock in the ocean to save Deservedly his so. life. He oh deserved my. to get dragged. Oh, my gosh. He was terrible. Terrible. $14 yeah. million for that dude. Like, what? And then, okay, so, like, LeBron is always having to try and find other players to play with him or fit his system or fit with his style, right? So you bring in Anthony Davis. Michael Jordan never had to do that. He groomed Scotty alongside himself for a decade, and they won championships together. They brought in good complementary pieces like Dennis Rodman, or they had other uh, other players like Horace Grant, who also came through the Bull system, also alongside Michael Jordan. You know, Tony I mean, Kukoc. When, Tony Kukoc was a uh, well he he was drafted, but he was also like a, kind of like a signed free agent, kind of like they do in baseball with like a lot of the Japanese pitchers that come over. Um, like he was a free agent playing in Croatia and the bulls went after him and got him. So wasn't he that was like, like Ricky the, Rubio? Did Ricky Rubio do that? No, he, he signed, he signed with those he signed right away. He, he got drafted. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like, it's just a different scenario, but Oh my gosh, it's just LeBron jumping to the heat and then jumping back to the Cavs because now they got Kyrie and they got Kevin love like, and then he jumps ship and comes to LA because he thinks he has a couple pieces and then those pieces suck. So they trade them all away to get freaking Anthony Davis uh, because we got to make LeBron happy because that's why we got him. It's just get out of here, you bum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, I, I do love LeBron. Let me, let me, yeah. let me, let me back up before I, you know, really go off the deep end. I do love the man's game. I think he's, one of the greatest players of all time. I will never disrespect him that way. I just will never see him as a goat. I will just never will. I just, I just don't even think he's like a, a, a top five player to me. I think he's like the best complimentary basketball player of all time. Period. Yeah. Like he can do everything, but I just don't feel like if I needed to win a championship today, like, and my life was on the line for it, he'd be, he wouldn't even be in my top three or four. Oh, he give, well, give us your top three or four. So MJ is number one, obviously. Uh, MJ is absolutely number one. Kobe would be number two because I know you have to have a mentality to go out there and murder somebody like you just do. 
like um, Larry Bird would be three or four. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else um, out there that was just like crazy clutch, and you just you just didn't want to face them. Um, Magic. No, Magic. Magic didn't do it for me either. Um, because I, I need buckets. Yeah, but Magic you know? stepped in for Kareem in, in one of the NBA when finals. When he was a rookie, when he was a rookie against the Seventy yeah. Sixers, he did. But it, it, Jordan and Kobe—that's why Jordan and Kobe are like in my top three for life because yeah. they just had that mentality. Like you just, you just knew like if they got the ball, you're gonna lose. You're just yeah. losing. Where when LeBron gets the ball, you feel like all right, you got fifty fifty shot. Yeah, you know what I mean. But the goat argument is is always interesting, and some sometimes I just wish that we had a system to where we can get both players of their prime and and get them together so they could finally uh, play a game of one on one. But the the goat argument, and I agree, Saul. I'm still with. Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time. And this is me speaking as a millennial, me speaking as a guy who's got one of the players that we're talking about on my favorite team right now and is about to win a championship. The thing that that I say favors LeBron is how valuable he is to that team. So when he left the Cavaliers, Cavaliers end up becoming the worst team in the NBA and they get the number one overall pick. That's how they get Kyrie Irving. Miami Heat, you know, he went away. They they really dropped off. I know Chris Bosh was dealing with uh, a pretty serious injury, so, you know, they lost a lot of star power. But then most recently, he leaves the Cleveland Cavaliers to go to the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Cavs are a lottery team once again. Whereas Michael Jordan, when he left the Bulls, didn't they still make the playoffs in, in one of the years? Where, where, didn't they still make it to the Eastern Conference semifinals and lost to the Knicks? Uh, Jordan? Yeah, when Jordan left the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so, that next year. Yeah. Pippen. And they still had that. That whole team was still together, though. Yeah. Where Whereas LeBron leaves the Heat, like you said, Chris Bosh gets hurt, or he has that, that blood clot stuff going on. Um, Dwayne Wade wasn't the same Dwayne Wade at that point. Like, they kind of fall off. When Jordan left the Bulls, Pippen was in his prime. Like he yeah. was he was good to go. And they brought in Tony Kukoc, who was the best European player since um Drazen Petrovic. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, or Arvita Sabonis, you know, like so it's not the same. Like people always want to use that argument. It's like when LeBron leaves, LeBron like throws a bomb and blows up the team and takes off. Like that's that's how LeBron leaves the situation. Whereas Michael left, he was the only piece that left. Um, and then he, they even lost Horace Grant, too, who went to the Orlando Magic. Um, but he was still he still stuck around that, that first year when they made the Eastern Conference Finals. And then that next year, Horace Grant took off to the Orlando Magic. The Bulls were terrible, um, barely like an eight seed, I think, eight, seven or eight seed. And then Jordan comes back um, and takes him to the, I think it was the semifinal or the quarterfinals and loses to the to Orlando Magic. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get it. That's, that's, that's my counter argument to, to the whole, the whole debate. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, we should move on to, uh, some other stuff like the NFL COVID situation. Cause, Yeesh. uh, man, that is getting dicey. Coronavirus! Coronavirus! Yeah. Yeah. It ain't fun over there in Tennessee and new England. 
Kansas City, I don't know what's about to happen there. Uh, the Raiders have um, had a positive test. Uh, so as it stands right now, the Patriots um, had a COVID, uh, a positive, another one. Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. And he was hugging uh, Patrick Mahomes after their game on Monday night. And if you, you're so Mahomes, you, what do you what do you think when you see that photo? Yeah. You just know. You just know this is going to happen, right? The Chiefs are going to come down with this virus. It just I feel like it's inevitable. I don't I don't know how how it can be. Yeah. Well, cuz Stefan Gilmore is one of the Patriots star players on defense. Like he's yeah. arguably the best cornerback in the NFL. And he's out there making plays, tackling people, sweating on people, breathing on people. And he was actually one of the uh, players who rode on the the team plane that only carried 20 players. Um, So they they traced players who had close contact with Cam Newton. And Stephon Gilmore and Cam Newton are boys. Like, they're really tight. They're always around each other. So it doesn't really surprise me that Stephon Gilmore – was one of the guys who caught it. But they put all the players who was in close contact with Cam on this different plane while the other team traveled separately. But at the end of the day, does it really matter which team plane you take because you're still playing the game? Like, you're still affecting people. Granted, it helps out travel, and you probably don't have a a team outbreak, like, for instance, the Tennessee Titans, but... I mean, just the the methods and and how they go about quarantining these guys and keeping them safe, it's it's really head scratching. And a lot of people are going through this for the first time ever. And some sometimes I just I just don't quite understand. But yeah, I, dude, I, I just I just think that people just don't take it as seriously as they should. You know, NFL included. I know the NFL is doing everything they can to make sure that players are staying safe. But once players leave the building. You know, it's up to their their uh, their own individual person as to how they're going to interact with people, society. Dude, if I got millions and millions of dollars on the line, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm staying home 24 seven. I just am until the season's over. Then I'll go do my grocery shopping or whatever. You can do everything at the palm of your hand. I don't understand why you need to go out in the first place. And most of these guys, uh, Stephon Gilmore for sure. Like they don't live in like a studio apartment for crying out loud. You know, they got, they got a nice little setup and if they didn't have a nice setup before COVID, I'm sure they do now. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't get it. You know, Cam Newton ain't hurting, you know, he's got millions and millions of dollars. I'm sure he found, he has a nice little swanky, you know, contemporary pad, you know, clean lines everywhere. Cause he just seems like that kind of dude. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, what do you, I don't get it. I if just I, don't understand it. If I'm making millions of dollars, or a six-figure league minimum salary, you best believe I'm going to have the best setup for COVID-19. Like, there's no doubt that I am staying away from everyone. I have my PlayStation set up. I have my TV set up. If you need to watch film, you have it available because, heck, it's 2020. Everything is available virtually. And I'm, I'm just really surprised that we haven't really heard about people that work with the team and I get it. If you're like an equipment manager or you work with the team in some capacity, like you didn't sign up for grocery shopping for these players, but guess what? This is, this is a global pandemic. Things are weird right now and you have to do everything to make sure 
the show stays on. And I, I'm just so confused as to how these guys are getting it. Are is it family members coming over? I I just I don't understand how on earth that these guys could could get the coronavirus like this. But uh, moving ahead, I think that the New England Patriots are going to be okay. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen with other tests because so far the only ones that we know are Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore. They still need to check up on the other guys to see if they have an outbreak. And it could be worse. You could be the Tennessee Titans who had a team outbreak. And even worse, they could be facing a significant penalty by the NFL because even after positive test results came in, they still held practice. And it, listen, I'm one of those guys where it's like, you know what? You got to practice in some way. You got to maintain your preparation for the upcoming week. But when you have multiple players test positive, and then you're putting even more players at risk while you're awaiting other test results, it's just, it's unsmart and it's completely unsafe. And the Tennessee Titans are only hurting themselves because what are they going to play again? What's your chuckle at? <laughs> you said unsmart. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. <laughs> unsmart. It's it's unsmart. Is that, should have just been not smart. Not smart. <laughs> and I, smart. I was hey, I was thinking I was thinking yourself. <laughs> I was I was thinking unsafe and unsmart in in the same thing. And I know, I know it was just funny because you were trying to say how stupid they were, and then you said unsmart, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh damn!" I'll escort myself out. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Don't That's be that guy. <laughs> well, I mean, we could we could belabor the point even more, but um, I don't know what's about to happen this weekend. I don't know what games are about to be played. Um, there's a very real possibility that the Patriots won't play. There's a very yeah. real po- possibility that the Titans won't play, and that possibly the Raiders or the Chiefs might not be able to play. And the thing that's so dangerous about this is that there is a delayed period between like when you get exposed to COVID and when you might show up positive on a test. And I think that's what's going to get teams in trouble right now, especially like the Tennessee Titans, have we seen, or Stephon Gilmore. That game happened on Monday. It is Wednesday. So far, Patrick Mahomes is good to go. But I would not be shocked if by Friday or Saturday, all of a sudden, boom, Mahomes has it. Chiefs game is canceled. Like, everything gets moved back. And the NFL, I I, I haven't really dove into the NFL schedule so much. but if they're going to pull this off, they need some flexibility here. They need like four or five weeks postseason so they, they can make up games and catch up on some stuff because that's what's going to happen with a lot of these teams. They might have to delay other games. Like, for instance, let's say the Cardinals get to like 10 straight games, 10 out of 11 with the bye week, um, where they've been able to play and they haven't had any COVID-affected games. But like – Right now, a lot of this stuff is going on in the AFC, okay? What if the AFC is like four weeks back compared to where the Cardinals are? Yeah. I mean, at some point, you got to say, okay, well, the NFC is going to have to take like a week or two off so that the way the AFC can catch up in their schedule because otherwise you're going to have an an NFC team finishing out their season waiting for the AFC teams to catch up for like a month. Yeah. So it, the the schedule 
um, variability is going to be very fascinating. That's what I, that's what I want to see happen um, as we move forward. And with that, we will go ahead and make our picks for this week, oh, and man. hopefully, uh, hopefully, we even get to this point. Uh, Thursday night matchup: Tampa, Tampa Bay at Chicago. Who you got, Justin? So I was a believer in Nick Foles uh, when he came back and led the Bears against the Falcons, and then the Bears didn't look so hot last week. Uh, Tampa Bay. They're on the road, but I got to go with the Bucks. Ooh, you got the Bucks. I am actually going to go with Foles and Sunshine. All right. <laughs> All right. So California. Got, uh, Carolina and Atlanta. That's always a brutal game. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? The Falcons are at home. They've had such a terrible season this year. I, the Panthers have been playing better than I expected without Chris McCaffrey, uh, but I'm still going to go with the Falcons at home. Matt Ryan, you are dead to me. I had Calvin Ridley <laughs> oh, really? in my fantasy league. Yeah, Can I, I get had, that on the record? <laughs> I had Calvin Ridley in my fantasy league, and he did not complete a single pass to their leading receiver on the season. Not one. <laughs> he had my man open in the end zone several times and missed him. And I lost by six points. Oh, so mad. <gasps> I tried so, telling you. So mad. So mad. <laughs> anyway... Um, I actually am going to go with the Falcons as well, so that's a push. Uh, Buffalo at Tennessee doesn't look like it's going to happen. I was going to uh, say, so I, I got COVID winning that one. Yeah, and then Vegas at Kansas City. Who knows if that's going to happen? Um, so uh, we'll go ahead and pick that. Vegas and Kansas City. Kansas City by a large margin. Kansas City is so fun to watch this year. Offense is rolling. I, I got them winning big. What if Kansas City doesn't have Patrick Mahomes? Ooh. <laughs> oh, the plot thickens. Uh, Arizona Ooh. at – I'm going to take Kansas City too. Arizona at New York. Um, It's the Jets. <laughs> it's the Jets. The Cardinals have looked uh, pretty off the last couple weeks. Man, the, the Cardinals are actually favored by a touchdown. So if you're a gambling man, I like those odds. Give me the Cardinals. You know, I'm scared about the Cardinals because they have – they have just not looked good on offense all season long. They haven't looked like a fluid machine like they did uh, at points last year. Kyler Murray's not looking. They're not throwing the ball downfield at all worth a damn. Everything is dink and dunk. Everything is five yards or less. It is not very good. They can't get Larry Fitzgerald involved in the game. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is, is always open, but uh, for whatever reason, Kenyon Drake can't get the running game going. Christian Kirk has been MIA. It has been really tough to watch. Joe Flacco in for the Jets this week. So um, I'm actually going to say the Cardinals will win, but they will oh. win, win. They will win by less than 75. I was going to go with the Jets. I thought. You? I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Same. big. Same. Pittsburgh uh, big. Rams at Washington. The Washington football team, um, their head coach, Ron Rivera, said Dwayne Haskins um, – you know, we they made a premature call, just kind of inserting him into the starting role because they didn't have preseason, um, which kind of makes me wonder why you just threw him in there. Shouldn't you had a quarterback competition rather than just assume that he was a starter? Um, but Kyle Allen is going to step in place. I I don't like the the Washington football team at all. Give me the Rams big. Yeah, the Washington football team is trash. 
That should be their that should be their next mascot, trash with a big dumpster. <laughs> Basuda. Um, yeah, they can just push it onto the field and everybody can throw their trash into it. Um Dwayne Haskins is also trash. And I thought so when he was coming out of Ohio State. I didn't think he was that good. Um, he's uh, he's another one of those guys where all of a sudden there's this buzz and people fall into the hype, and I don't understand it. Um, also, but I also but felt Gino the same Smith. way. I also felt like yeah, Geno Smith is a perfect example. But I also felt that way about Josh Allen, and Josh Allen is balling. So I can't really just lay uh, you know paint everybody with the same brush. But yeah, I have the Rams as well. Cincinnati at Baltimore. I have Baltimore easily. Yeah, it's not even close. Uh, it, I think there's going to be a lot of blowouts this week in in the NFL, and and this is one of them. Baltimore is at home. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a f- fantastic quarterback. That defense is going to get to Joe Burrow. I know Joe Burrow has been playing very well over the last few weeks. I think he's like the only quarterback. There was like some stat where he was the only one to throw 300 plus yards in the first few games that he's played in. Uh, but even though, even still with that stat, Baltimore's defense is way too good. I like the Ravens big. Jacksonville at Houston. Ooh. So the Texans got rid of Bill O'Brien as the head coach and GM. It's about damn time. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want to – I'm not an advocate for wishing someone to be unemployed, but I sat there and wondered over the last year and a half – why the hell Bill O'Brien is even employed by the Texans. With that being said, I think they muster up something and they get a win. I'm going with the Texans. I mean, they're they're the best 0-4 football team I've ever seen. So, yeah, I, I will give it to the Houston Texans this week pretty easily. Miami at San Francisco, that's going to be a tough one because Miami comes in and fits magic and all that good stuff but you know they they're 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 a decent team right they're not awful but they're, they're not great but san francisco is hurting they got a lot of injuries and they showed up on Monday, on uh sunday night football against the eagles and they got upset at home this game again in san francisco who you got i like the dolphins i, I like ryan Fitzmagic getting it done on the road uh, you know a solid quarterback who's done a pretty good job at maintaining uh, his status in the NFL. And, yeah, I'm going with the Dolphins. Same. I got the Dolphins as well. That's the the upset special of the week. Uh, Indianapolis at Cleveland. All of a sudden, the Cleveland Browns look like they uh, they might be a little legit. No, they were just playing the Cowboys. True. <laughs> True. Uh, you know, anybody can look legit against this year's Dallas Cowboys. I thought Dallas's defense was a lot better than what they have shown. Uh, Cleveland really exposed them this past weekend. With that being said, I think Phillip Rivers, my guy, Felipe Rio, goes into Cleveland and gets a win and kind of settles down the Cleveland hype. I'm taking the Browns at home because I'm a believer right now in their offense. Their defense, not so much, but I think offensively they can hold their own against anybody. That rushing attack looks pretty good. Also, I just traded for Kareem Hunt. Go Kareem. (laughs) Uh, New York at Dallas. Oh, man. Trash versus trash. But fortunately for Dallas, their trash is just a little shinier. We're talk we're looking at at two turds here, Saul. But the Dallas Cowboys are a polished turd, so I'm I'm going with them. All right. Well, there you go. I got Dallas as well. New York is not good. They're just no. not good at all. No. Denver at New England, if this game gets played. If this game gets played, I think Jared Stidham will get the nod uh, from the get-go. 
we've always heard about Jarrett Stidham and how he could compete with Cam for the starting quarterback spot. Maybe we see that this week. I'm going with the Patriots at home if the game is played. I will also go with the Patriots. Minnesota at Seattle. I have Seattle winning easily. Yeah. Russell Wilson, fantasy quarterback. Go Russ. Um, I expect him to throw at least four or five touchdowns. And then your Los Angeles Chargers on the road, Monday night football. Everybody gets to watch the new and improved quarterback, Justin Herbert, against the New Orleans Saints. I know you got the Chargers, or at least in your heart you want the Chargers. Who do you think is going to win the game? See, my heart my heart is telling me to pick the Bolts, but I, I don't know, man. Just way too many injuries um, on the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers. They, they don't normally play well in, in domes and against New Orleans, so I'm going with the Saints at home. I am going with the Chargers. <gasps> oh, yeah. And there's, only, there's really only one reason why I got to do this, man, because I want to talk shit to you about your own team and how you didn't believe. Um, so that is <laughs> the end. <laughs> that is the end of our segment right there. Uh, oh, all man. our picks. That is the end of another Total BS podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Justin, tell them where they can find us. Hey, you know where to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. My dog is bar- my dog Barkley is telling you all the different ways that you can subscribe it, it, to us. Maybe he's barking because he tore his ACL too. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts. And for the video, the live video episode that we do every Sunday night, subscribe on YouTube, Twitch, and give us a like and a follow on Facebook so you can get those reminders of when we go live. Yeah, next this Sunday, 7 o'clock. Be there, be square. Until then, we will see you when we see you. Peace. Your fans just might turn into all fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us, yo. Your fans just might turn into all fans. Be cool, it's just part of the program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us.